Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mythos Manual, a how-to for RPG homebrew. My name is Calder Kadavid, and with me, as always, are my trustworthy and stalwart companions. <laughs> <laughs> Both trustworthy and stalwart. That's nice to know. I am Paul. I play Kafka, the Crow Fighter. I did this because I was promised Hamilton tickets, and I haven't gotten my Hamilton tickets. Where are those? I never said when you would get Hamilton tickets. All right. Well... Now that that secret's out of the bag, I want mine too, damn it. I feel like you promised Paul things that I didn't get. You didn't ask for that. I had a signing you bonus. Mean I, you I mean I should have negotiated my ride, my rider? Ugh, damn it. Fire your agent. Get All mine. All right, well, I'm Christy, and now I'm pissed. <laughs> and I play Kata, the uh, human shifter of snake variety. Um, and I am Eulister Burnbook, tiefling occult historian. And I only have one question. Broadway or national tour? Because if it's national tour, I'm I'm out. <laughs> it, it's the show that's in Boston right Can now. Can I trade mine for Anastasia tickets? Ooh, and no. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so last week, we wrapped up everything happening at Nuvuba, and now we have set sail onto the river Zinji. Zinji? Zinji. Zinji with, with an X? With a Z. With a Z. Oh. Z-H. Oh, wouldn't that be Jinji? It would be Jinji. He's absolutely correct. Uh, what is the name of the boat that we're on? You can name the boat, I suppose. You look at its side and it just has the logo of the university in big, bold letters. Okay, first of all, all boats are named and it's your job to name the boat, not ours. What? Okay, fine. I guess the name of the boat is the um, Studious... Swift. No. The Studious Swift? That's yeah. awful. Actually, actually, no, I'm sorry. We mean the Swift Study. The Swift Study? Oh, yeah, that's the name of it. Better. Yeah. All right. Swift Study it is. 24 feet, right? This one is a little bit longer than the average. Uh, I'll just let you know that this is actually a folding boat. Oh, that's what those, Ooh, that's what those uh, things were. Yeah. It can fold and unfold to be the size of about a briefcase. Oh. Wh- what? Yeah. You mean we can carry the boat? Yeah. Oh, that's delightful. It's on loan from the university. <laughs> Can I steal it from the university? Somewhere in the world, there's a ghost who's really pissed off that somebody took his folding boat. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's actually how the university acquires most of its assets. They're just, you know, we steal them from ghosts. What do they need them for? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are in this tiny, tiny folding boat with too many people. On the river Zinji. Yes, you are. And with that, I want to introduce us to a new part of the campaign that will really shape a lot of how we interact with this world going forward. Uh, this is going to be a little bit more video, video gamey than I usually play our games. Usually we're very open world. Uh, but I wanted to give us a little something different. Instead, we're going to be trying to do a little bit of a time management component to this game. What that means is that every day when we're in the jungle on this expedition, there are going to be two parts to each day, and you will have to choose how you spend those parts of each day. And every day you'll have kind of different options of what you want to do in the morning part of the day and then in the evening part of the day. And depending on what is happening or where you are, those things may change, but there will always be some constant options. So for right now, we're on the boat, and this is our first real taste of this system. So I want you guys to know that what you can do today, options available to you, 
You can try to get to know the crew. You can befriend one of the different members of the expedition. Try to get to know them better. Uh, ingratiate yourself a little bit and set up a re- start beginning a relationship of some sort there. You can stand watch for potential danger in the jungle. Stand at the front of the ship and just kind of look around. You can go fishing and catch extra fish for everyone, which will raise the morale of the entire expedition. Or you can do research in the small library on board the ship. Where is this library? It's a very small library. (laughs) It's a folding library. (laughs) You can use any crafting abilities that you might have. Or you can choose to strengthen the weapons, which means you take a whetstone to all the weapons. So for the next combat that they go into... All weapons have the effects of a whetstone. Okay, so can we recap this? We can we can ingratiate ourselves. We can research. We can uh, stand watch. We yeah. can stand watch. We can sharpen weapons. Was the crafting thing we could do? If you have a crafting skill, you can craft. Oh, I that's manual labor. I wouldn't know what you're talking about. I, as much as I would like to ingratiate myself to Dalton, um, I think that maybe I should research something. That sounds good for me. I think I should stand watch for this uh, first time around. I want to get into a push-up contest with Dalton. You just stole my idea. (laughs) There's not exactly a whole lot of room for a push-up contest. It's awfully tight quarters. You want to tell me that Dalton wouldn't make room? Okay, so you challenge Dalton to a push-up contest. Yes. All right, well, it's probably late morning at this point. You've been sailing down the river, the dark, foreboding, forbidden jungle river. What would you like to do? What is Dalton doing in in the morning, like when I see him on deck? Dalton is making sure that his gun and gun equipment are all properly secured. I think I, I walk up to him. Kafka thinks guns are cool, but I think he wants to neg uh, Dalton a little bit. So it's like, oh man, uh, that's a pretty cool gun. Like, I think it's pretty great that people like you who aren't as good at fighting have like a gun to help you. Like, that's really dope. Well, thank you, sir. I'll uh, do my best to ignore that insult hidden in your compliment. Yes, I am quite the gunsman. I see yourself are more used to the bow and arrow. I had tried a little bow and arrow when I was a young man, but I find the gun is what really suits me. The power behind this, the feel of an explosion in my hands. I can shoot far. I can shoot long. I can shoot all day. I'm quite happy with my choice here. Hey, would you would you like to try using the gun? Uh, yeah, that sounds dope. Like, I was going to challenge you to a push-up contest, but I'm beginning to realize that that was me falling into a trap of toxic masculinity and said I could just stand to learn from you. Give me the gun. Dalton looks at you for a moment and just responds, Ah, oh, well... If I was on land, I'd be happy to throw down and wrestle you with you right now. I've never heard of a toxic masculinity. To me, all masculinity is is beautiful and thriving. Now here, if you want to use the gun, here, line it up with me. And he kind of grabs you and puts himself behind you and he puts the gun in your hands and he's holding you kind of close for a moment as he's helping you steady the uh, gun as he directs your sights through it. I should have played this character oh, arc. <laughs> can, uh, can I hold your gun, sir? You're too busy researching. <laughs> Look out for my book. I'm on lookout, but also kind of distracted. Can I get Kafka to make a ranged attack? 
Uh, do I take a penalty for not having a proficiency with firearms? No. Dalton's got you. You're good. Well, as long as Dalton is going full ghost with me here. He's full ghosting. Okay. His breath is hot on your neck. <laughs> it's an 18. <laughs> oh, look at that. Good shot, old boy. Well done. As the uh, monkey you were aiming at just kind of blows up into red mist as the gun's echoing shot just rips through the jungle and birds kind of jump out of the trees and there's a whole bunch of commotion for a moment before the whole uh, river is once again still and quiet. Oh, look at that. And that where there was a monkey, yeah, he just kind of evaporated. I jump out of my hammock, startled by the random gunshot. Everyone calm down. I'm just teaching Kafka how to use my gun. He's a quick study, this one here. A good shot. You could have just shot a coconut. I don't understand why you shot a monkey. Well, why in the world would I want to shoot a coconut when there's a perfectly good monkey? Uh, Dalton's not as sexy as he used to be. Yeah, he's kind of yeah. aggressive. Yeah, a little bit toxic. All right, Paul, so that is a success with Dalton, which will help you build a relationship with him as this goes. That's kind of how this is going to work. Sweet. Yeah, and I think as I give the gun back, I, I look at Archibald, and Archibald looks at me with, like, the exact same flat goat expression that he always has, but I look at him like, don't look at me like that. Stop judging me. All right, Christy, if Kato wants to stand watch today, then I'm going to need you to make a perception check. I perceive the world around me. Not very well, but I do it for a whopping 13. <laughs> I want to learn more about this jungle that we're headed to, right? There is absolutely information on the Dragon's Jungle in the little library. But I'm going to have to make a knowledge geography check. Can I do that? You can make a knowledge of geography check and give yourself a plus two bonus for using the little library. That's great. I got a 17. 17? All right. Yeah, that's pretty good. Is there some sort of particular information you're looking for regarding the Dragon's Jungle, or do you just want more general information? You know, I mean, I think at this point, because we're just sort of heading into the heart of darkness, uh, so to speak, I sort of want to know some more general information about it. Yeah, through your reading, you're able to find out that the Dragon's Jungle is divided into several different states that are controlled by various powers that reside in the Dragon's Jungle, like different tribes and different alliances kind of control the various regions throughout the Dragon's Jungle. And there isn't a whole lot of information about what exactly is where and who controls what that is available to sources outside of the Dragon's Jungle, but you're able to learn that it is not exactly a entirely unified place. I think I knew a little bit about those regions. I understood that. And you have learned that the region you're going into is known as the Orchid Valley. Ooh. I like that. Is it purple? The Orchid Valley, yeah. The Orchid Valley is known to be one of the most beautiful regions of the jungle. So now you know you're headed into the Orchid Valley, one of the more beautiful parts of the jungle. Uh, you learn that there is a reason why Gallerney decided to colonize this area in the first place was because of its beauty and its seclusion and its uh, nearby abundance of emeralds. Sounds a very fancy place. And it's very secluded. The only way in and out is on the river and the Gelgin mountain range uh, borders the rest of it, which is a uh, mountain range that bisects the dragon's jungle. Yeah, I mean, flowers, emeralds, I'm sure they regretted that choice later. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm into this. It was very nice for while it lasted. Oh, good, yeah. <laughs> it always is. Flowers and emeralds and rivers, oh my. 
Yeah. Let's go. And that's the morning. And that's kind of how this is going to work. Cool? All right. Cool. I don't see anything with my 13. Well, darn. There's a crocodile, like, chasing jump, the jump, boat. Jump. Yeah, you see a little crocodile swimming silently behind you. I throw a rock in it. It's got a, <laughs> it's got a clock in its stomach. He stops following <laughs> you. <laughs> that's all it takes. Kata carries a satchel of rocks on her hip pocket next to her uh, whip, and she throws rocks at things. Okay, great. It is now the late afternoon. Uh, but instead of downtime, uh, you have to handle a crisis that is happening with the expedition. A enormous large tree has fallen in the jungle and fallen over the river. It has created a natural dam and blockaded the river, preventing you from continuing on. Uh, could I roll a perception check, please, to see if the tree being felled looks natural? Yeah, go for it. Is it just a sleeping end? All right, that is actually a nat 20, so that is going to be a 29 perception. Looking over the tree, you notice that the soil on one side of the bank of the river is uh, wildly upturned and very muddy, and you can see that the tree probably slid out of here maybe a week or two ago and has been lodged in kind of a tight spot in the river. Okay, cool, so this isn't like an ambush waiting to happen, probably. With your perception check, you notice another little monkey eating berries on top of the old dead tree. Did you piss off the monkeys? Suresh pushes forward and is in utter dismay over this mess. What is this? A tree? Uh, Nature, you strangle me. We've been delayed enough. I can't handle this. Uh, Someone, quick, move this tree. Oh, no, I... I forgot to hire a druid. Wow, move a tree. That's, right. a, that's a good question. How are we going to move a tree, guys? I don't know. Uh, um, I could fight it. You could try fighting the tree. It would not I mean, go I well. Can, I can hit it a couple of times with my claws. Can't hmm. really, like, magic the tree. Well, but we don't necessarily have to do magic. Can uh, we go under the tree? Can we... Fl- we're going to bank our boat on the side of the river. We're all going to get off. We're going to walk around the tree. We're going to unfold our boat on the other side. Okay. That would be unloading and then reloading the whole boat again. You mean it's not like Mary Poppins' bag and it, it doesn't... Like <laughs> oh. Okay, but it seems like unloading the whole boat again and then reloading it might be faster than trying to get rid of the tree. But, I mean, I, that's a question. What do you, well, well Sur, what's Suresh? Is, is that really his name? Suresh. Suresh. Well, we have two plans here. One, we can try to break the tree apart. Or we can just unpack the boat, move the boat, and repack the boat. That seems like an awful lot of work. We'll lose most of the day. This is true, but then no one could follow us down the river. It prevents other boats from following us. Who would be trying to follow us down a river in the dragon's jungle? I assume there are pirates. That was never a concern. I'm pretty sure that Duke Luca is going to escape prison at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you really think we should go through the tree? I would certainly prefer to go through the tree. I want to get out of here. Let's get moving. Well, then what resources do we have that can move a tree? We can't, can't shoot it with our guns. We can't... We, I mean, we could chop it apart with an axe, I suppose. Uh, yes, we have uh, axes and saws. Um, just maybe you could saw it, Mr. Burnbook. Yeah, I mean, you're a book burner. Like, a tree is just like a pre-book. Can't you just burn this? <laughs> uh, first of all, my last name, Burnbrook, has no reference to the burning of books. 
That's not what it means. I mean, I think it's kind of confusing. Like, your ancestors probably should have thought that through. And this is why you got a D in my history course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, well, I guess we try to break down the tree. That's what he would like to do. Then I suppose we could try to come up with some ways to, like, let's see, who who has axes to fell the tree and saws? We don't, how many do we have and how many people do we have to use them? Malik stands up here. And he throws you a saw. Okay. Um, Kafka, do you have an axe? Uh, no. Can we give Kafka an axe? No problem. Take a couple of these. Go uh, break up that tree. Kafka, I cast enlarged person on you. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So I touch Kafka without him knowing, without, you know, without his permission, I guess. <laughs> Just I'm gonna surprise him with this, as as, as one is wont to do, and I uh, make you big. Cool. I imagine there will be like the Mario mushroom sound effect. <laughs> and okay, so now that would make Kafka how tall? Twice as tall. Okay, so it makes him about nine feet tall now. That makes you a large creature, but Kafka is still a small, large creature. Indeed. Um, how tall would that make me compared to the tree? The tree is very, very big. It's probably about 70 feet tall. And it stretches from both sides of the river? That is a gigantic tree. It stretches from one side to the other. Well, I know it stretches from one side to the other, but when it's lying on its side, like, how high up does it go? Nearly all of the leaves have fallen off the tree, so what it really resembles is a big dead log in the water. Oh, okay. Is it suspended on both ends? Like, if we chopped it in the middle, it would go clunk clunk? Yeah. Alright. Yeah. I guess, uh... Uh, last question. How deep is the river? You cannot see the bottom of the river. Okay. Um, then I guess what we need to do is get the boat as close to the log as possible, and Kafka will sort of squeeze his way to the very, very front of the boat, because it is... This was already a tight fit, and now there was a nine-foot bird person, um, and I guess I would make... Uh, just a melee attack? Okay, go for it. And make a perception check while you get closer to the tree. When you get closer to the tree, that monkey scampers away. <laughs> well, that was a nat one on that, uh, so that would be a ten perception. Okay, cool. Are you ready to chop that tree down? I am. Make a strength check and give yourself a plus two bonus when using the... Uh... Oh, actually, no, I'm also going to touch the axe and make it a plus one, plus one as well. You got magical skills. I am a... Spellcaster. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a plus three on top of my usual bonus? Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a 24. You begin hacking at the tree, and everything seems to be going pretty smoothly. You take one definitive crack into the tree, and a large part of a rotten side of it, just with a big sickening thud, lands on the deck of the ship, and... You can tell that it has dropped with it dozens and dozens and dozens of tiny little snakes. Everyone, roll for initiative. Wait, 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 wait. We can talk to them, right? Wait, wait, wait. I get so many bonuses for snakes. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm excited for you to get your snake bonus. Snake bonus. I have a question about these snakes. Do they understand language? Do these wild, angry little snakes understand language? I don't know. That's a good question. So on my turn, I should ask? You should find out. Okay. You, Lister, what did you get for your initiative? I was just looking that up. I've got a seven. (laughs) 
Seven. Don't laugh at me, Kafka. Kata? Eighteen. Great. And Kafka? Twenty-four. Okay. And the first snake swarm starts just going all over Kafka. You are just covered in these tiny little weird bright green snakes. Ah! And then they start chomping on you. Paul, you're going to take four damage. Oof. No, nothing for my armor at all? Unfortunately, no. It's a swarm. Oh. Okay. They just on you. That answers one question. Kafka, your turn? Uh, well, because Kafka does not have anything that really works against swarms, uh, I think Kafka mostly flails his gigantic limbs around. I'm going to try to move out of the place occupied by the snake swarms, but I also know that it's very tricky to do because it's a... It's a crowded boat, and I'm huge. Well, not huge. You're large, it's a crowded boat, and it's already difficult terrain. Yup. So how far does that mean I can move? Yeah, actually, that sounds like probably the best option until a bigger snake comes out. But I can handle a bigger snake. It's the swarms that get me. I move on to the tree. All right, you move on top of the tree. Sounds great. Okay, Kata. Um, is that exactly where those snake swarms are? One of the swarms is crawling all over one of the female laborers, and the other swarm is in a blank spot where Kafka used to be. Okay, so I'm not quite there yet. So I'm going to use my turn to... Um, minor form. You take on your minor form. Uh, describe what happens when you take on your minor form. I go from looking like I just kind of generally snaky type person to a slightly more snaky type person. Evocative. It's very evocative. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So my skin, which has like this kind of freckly pattern to it, just becomes a little bit more pronounced and my eyes tend to go a little bit more snake slit. Snake slit eyes, cool. Yeah, it just goes a little bit more. Just you wait until fourth level when it's intense. Uh, It's just, it's a subtle thing. Like, maybe if you looked at it, you'd be like, oh, you look different. But it's not, like, obvious. So that happens. And then I'm going to get off my hammock and maneuver as much as I can forward on the boat. And then I'm going to roll a knowledge nature on these snake swarms for not a lot, unfortunately, 11. An 11 will still tell you that these are not your average snakes. You can roll a knowledge of arcana to learn more. I don't have that. Would you Would you give me whether or not they speak language? Right away, you can tell that these creatures are young. Uh, they're babies. They're babies. But are they sentient? No. It is now the other snake swarm's turn. The snake swarm is going to continue to crawl all over this poor laborer. She is going to take some damage. Oof. Okay, she takes a good chunk of damage as these snakes just rip into her. And she's just crying out and frantically trying to toss snakes out of off of her, but there are just too many. Oh, boy. Cool. You, Lister, your turn. Is, is there anything that you could have said to me in that moment when you discovered, when you, when you realized what they, like, what you do know about them? Just that they're baby snakes. Ah! Not living baby snakes. Alright, uh, can I do that Arcana check? Go for it. Oh, that was, that was a good Arcana check. Um, I have a 23. 
Oh shoot, yeah. Through your study, you recognize that these are not average snakes. These are amphisbanas. Obviously. When you look at these tiny snakes closer, you realize that there is actually a snake head on both sides of the snakes. They are two-headed snakes. What? Are they living, though? Yeah, they're alive. Which means that they can be put to sleep. Sure, yeah. All right, I'm going to pull out one of the scrolls we took from Duke Luca when we raided all this stuff, and I'm going to cast sleep. Good use of loot. Ten foot in that ten foot, ten foot radius area where all the snakes are, right? And since the lowest hit dice creatures are affected first, mm-hmm. correct? Yes, they are. Yeah. Uh, then make will saves. Little baby sleepy snakes. Going with a sleep spell. Maybe they'll just be little sleepy snaky babies. All right. Number one. Ooh, fail and fail. Rough. All right. So this, the snakes are asleep? Nearly all of the snakes collapse sound asleep. So then Ulysses uh, then immediately walks forward, and he says, and he starts pulling snakes up and says, just throw these overboard, throw these overboard, and get back to business, back to work. And everyone on board begins scooping up little green two-headed snakes by the handful and throwing them into the river. I keep one. Wait, what would you do that for? For funsies. Put it in a cage. Ugh. Or jar. I find a jar. You find a jar somewhere on board. Yeah, somewhere in one of the folds. I uh, put the snake in it. Okay, you now have a baby snake. And a little baby snake. It's my little baby snake. Do not forget to forget to poke holes in the lid. Yes, I, it needs to breathe. I also start talking to it. I would like to roll a diplomacy with the snake for a... That is a 24. I have a magical snake skill. Okay, the snake's two heads start following your fingers around as you... Coo at it, I imagine. Perfect. <laughs> oh, what are you going to name it? Except my voice is several registers lower because I'm still huge. Or, no, large. There's going to be sticklers. I'm going to save you the tweets. Uh, no. Get back to work on that log. <sighs> Don't be standing on it when it crashes into the river. Kafka would. Kafka definitely would. Ka and I are going to go sleep in my hammock. You named it Ka? Yeah. Hmm. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> You now have little baby snake Ka in a jar. With two in a heads. jungle. Wait, if it has two heads, then which end does it poop from? What an astute question. The middle. Or from one of the mouths. Or both of them. Blah. It just regurgitates. This is very strange. It goes to a magical place. Okay, Ka, like Ka and I are should. gonna go to sleep now. <laughs> I feel like I wanna do one of my neat little like occultist tricks tonight. What would you like to do? It's your first night actually spending time in the jungle. Well, I think that I would like to I wanna use my talking board really for the first time to do a divination. Okay, talk to me about that. Okay, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to pull my talking board out, and I'm going to um, try to speak to the spirits of the jungle and see if they will gift me with any um, information about where we're going, what's ahead of us, what what does the future hold? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, okay. On like a mechanical level, what does this do? Well, if I get a DC ten, it's like an augury spell. And if I get EC20, it's like a divination spell. Okay. Um, so it all depends on what I get on my linguistics check. I have a 26. Okay, so it's like a... Divination. Divination? Okay. Which gives you what? Okay. More powerful than augury. Useful, uh, useful piece of advice. 
useful piece of advice can be applied to a question concerning a specific goal, event, or activity that occurs within one week. So our activity, we're going into the jungle, we're searching for a rune, we don't know where we're going. So I think my question is, what dangers lie before us in this jungle? Like, what can the jungle warn us about? I like spirits it. Of the jungle, what will the spirits of the jungle warn us about? It's way more useful than my snake. It's true. I can only do one of these. <laughs> I can only do one of these a week, so it's a big one. Okay, okay, I, I get it, I get it. All right, so your vision that you receive clouds all of your senses. You can't see, you can't smell, but you are given a barrage of of scent, of sight, of images kinetically coming at you. You see these hulking snake men, humanoids covered in scales tiny slits for noses and they're in a a wide variety of colors and they are just surrounding you in throngs. I scream. I let go of the talking board. Okay. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) There are snake men in the jungle. Make a knowledge of local check. I don't have knowledge local. Why make me do that? Oh, I don't know. I just assumed you had all the knowledges. No, I don't have all the knowledges. I'm not an investigator. Yeah, I don't know anything about knowledge local. I got a, you know, nine if you wanted untrained. I don't. Yeah. So I can do knowledge geography, though. Mm, that won't help. Well, taking in the snake men a little bit, they seem like creatures you might have actually seen before. But I, I know that the spirits have warned us about them. You know that the spirits were warning you about something, and then you freaked out. Oh, Okay. That should be just like me. (laughs) You just dropped the board the second you saw armed snake men. Ah! (laughs) No, they had no message for me? Wait, I could go back to the board. No messages here? (laughs) They had something to say? There is more to the vision. I stop stop panicking. I go back to the vision. Okay. uh, You press resume on your vision, and you are back amongst this throng of snake men and women they are all ornately dressed in bright colors lots of scaled patterning and lots of big feathers in their headdresses and in their garb Uh, you are inside and amongst ornate stone buildings you know that it is late at night and that you are somewhere deep in the jungle you see that all of the snake people around you are bowing to another snake woman seated on a stone throne her hair is a tangle of tiny little snakes. Well, that can't be bad, right? <laughs> she speaks in a wild and foreign tongue, a language that you just do not recognize. Oh, I speak a lot of languages, but okay. You speak Nagaji? No, I do not speak Nagaji. All these Nagaji are speaking to each other in their shared tongue, and they seem to be having maybe a heated argument of some sort, several of them pointing and yelling and, and grunting and making shows of force. And then they all stop in their tracks for a moment as loud drums begin to thunder from outside. They all look worried as enormous stone boulders crash into the building, crash into the buildings nearby. There is blood, there is stone, rubble, dust. It is mayhem for a moment, and all the Nagaji begin running around, not sure what to do. A large, simian, hulking, hairy creature steals into the room. 
You see it out of the corner of your eye as it raises a large stone axe high above its head and slashes down into the Nagaji matron, cutting her head clean off in one swoop. Her head sails through the air, going right towards you as your vision ends. I did not see that 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 twist in the tail. So, so meanwhile, so what, if anybody's watching me do this, my the 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 um, pointer on the board is just goes snake people, and then ape axe, and done. And I go, <gasps> <gasps> and I awaken again in the screen. I relate the vision to you. I say, hmm, sounds fascinating. No. I do not know if this has happened or this will happen. So, like, it's here? Like, it's definitely here. Somewhere that way. I point deep into the jungle. Where we're going. But so, like, here. (laughs) Yes, I I, I would imagine. It's just, like, we fought the little snakes earlier. Or, I mean, like, I would have fought them, but, like, you kind of had it sewn up by the time I was ready to fight them. But I would have fought them. Um, I, I definitely would have fought them, but, and now you're telling me that there are, like, more snakes and snake people. And simian people. Mm-hmm. Well, it is true. You can't trust humans. They're gross. I won't argue with you. Wait. I'm, sorry, my dear. Yeah, sorry. Oh, you're only part-time human. I am all-time human. Just, like, you know, shifty. No, but you're a part-time human, part-time snake. Mm. It's like a gig economy for being. I suppose. (laughs) Hang on. I would like to know, uh, would it be possible that Alan might have recognized the simian face as, like, the same race that Chayaka is? The faces are very similar. Cool. Cool. So, actually not human, then? No, not human. In that case, I might go to Chayaka and ask him about my vision. And the Nagaji and the... You know, the snake people and the man, the simian man with the axe. Yeah, what is the world's most positive NPC doing? He's uh, hanging out with the laborers. He's actually making them some coffee at this point. Doesn't matter what time it is. These laborers love coffee. Shayaka's talking to the laborers. Oh, yeah, these beans I got, they're from a small farm in the Phoenix continent. It's in another jungle, actually. It's an amazing place. I've invested a bunch in the local economy there. We're really trying to grow a community. We're building a school for all these kids. It's going to be done next year. You know, you guys should all come out and see it. It's going to be really amazing. And uh, the laborers are looking at him. Their eyes are just awestruck. And they go, hey, yeah, Shayaka, that's, that's really cool. You're a... You're a really great guy. And Jack is just like, Ah, guys, come on, come on. No, I I do it for love. I do it to spread the good word of Sun Wukong. Oh, hey, hey, Professor Burnbook, uh, what's happening? You uh, looking to teach me something? (laughs) Uh, I just had the most horrifying vision. Oh, wow, uh, a horrible vision, huh? You know what you need? You need a cup of joe. Isn't that right, guys? All the laborers raise their cups at you and they're like oh yeah this is uh this is really nice thanks i can't possibly have coffee this late at night it would make me stay up all night peeing (laughs) (laughs) how can you talk to the world's coolest youth pastor that way uh i have seen a vision of snake people in the direction that we're going in amongst amongst ancient ruins oh man snake people huh you know i've known some really good snake people in my time 
You know, they're, they're a little hard to read. They're a little different than you and I, but, you know, once you get past that, you get to know them, you have a can of beer with them, you know, you can just talk. You can really just connect as people. They are led by a female chieftain or queen with snakes for hair. Well, that's a little spooky. But I saw a, a large humanoid simian, I would... I dare say beast, it sounds cruel, but he was so intense and strong and powerful, and he cut her he cut the the, the, the chiefess down with an axe. Oh wow, that's horrible. You say he looks simian, you think he was a, a Venara? I mean he might have been a Venara. I do not know the I do not know the Venara well enough to talk about the the differences in your appearances. Of course there's bad egg Venara, but you know, that's not uncommon. There's there's bad eggs in every race. We shouldn't be judging them that way. You're telling a tiefling that. But us Venara, you know, we're more happy-go-lucky. We like to spread ourselves out, experience the world, climb a big tree. That's more what we're about. Is there another type of simian beastkin in the in these jungles? Hey, uh, nothing, nothing I know about. Why don't you make a sense motive check? That's good Ooh, well, maybe I am. Um, I'm going to go with 21. 21? You get the sense that maybe he's holding something back. Okay. What are you holding back? I put my hand in his shoulder. What are you holding back, Shaka? Uh, hey, man, I-, I don't know what you're talking about. This is important. There are many lives at stake here. Diplomacy. I, I want to assist your diplomacy roll okay. before you roll it. Uh, I I think uh, Kafka puts his hand on Chaka's other. Like I think Chaka tries to turn away from him, and, but there's Kafka, and he puts his hand on his other shoulder, and he's just like, "Dude, come on!" And I just and I'm gonna roll, uh, and that is a three. I do not assist. That is not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but I got a nineteen. Okay. All right. I don't want to speak bad of the other ape folk, you know? But I just kind of feel like we're all in this together, you know? The Venara, Yetis, humans, you know, even tieflings like you. Like, I look at you and I'm like, well, this is just what happens if, like, a, an, a monkey has sex with a demon. You know, you get a tiefling. That, that is not a, actually that happens, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but of course there are you know, whole races out there that dedicate themselves to evil. And, you know, maybe there's individual goodness there, but, but like, take the Gorion, for instance. Oh, Gorions. Like, Gorion as in gorilla? They are similar to gorilla, but they are far more ferocious and depraved. They have four arms and will tear a creature limb from limb. Did the creature in my vision have four arms? You couldn't really tell in your vision. It was so dark. Oh, so dark. <laughs> he was moving so quickly. Okay. Don't all creatures have four arms? That was a thinker. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Without the visual assist of the pointing, that was difficult. So, yeah, unfortunately, there are bad ape folk out there. Bad yetis, bad venara. Bad Sasquatches. <laughs> bad. Golden Lion Tamarins. Yeah. Uh, bad awakened orangutans. Uh, okay, I, I might do some more research on this at a later date, but thank you very much for your honesty. Shaka. Thank you for your interest in the Venara. 
I've been studying my culture for my entire life, and I'm always here to share it with new people. Well, don't let that coffee keep you up all night. Ah, uh, no way. I'm going to sleep like a rock tonight. What an amazing day of adventure. I saw a whole bunch of tiny baby two-headed snakes. Too bad they all drown, though. Except for one. Oh, hey, you got one? Can I play with it? No, it's my snake. His name is Ka. If you want to come hang out with Ka and me, you can. I'd love to hang out with you and your baby snake. I mean, it's pretty cool. I would like to spend the next ten minutes playing with my snake. Does the snake look like it's responding to my voice at all? Yeah. Great. By the way, how is the uh, the one female laborer who got attacked by the snakes? She is mostly okay at this point. Ruth has been attending to her. Okay. She was definitely a little shaken up, but since then she has had time to rest and feel a little bit better about it. What's her name, by the way? The laborer who was attacked by all those snakes was Mosi. Mosi. I go check in on Mosi, yeah, just make sure she's okay. Oh, wow. Huh. Those snakes. Yeah. <laughs> so horrible. Oh, he's Minnie Mouse snakes. on our crew. It's going to be okay. You'll be okay. Oh. You think? Jeez, wow. I knew there'd be danger in the jungle, but ugh. I know. Snakes on the boat. It was... Yeah. <laughs> would have, like, saw that coming. Huh. Yeah, snakes. I wouldn't have thought that. You know, I was just in the boat, and I was rowing, just doing my job, and boom, snakes all over me. I was like, ah! Yeah, you know, and I, and I put my finger over her mouth. Shh. Oh. But you're okay now. Have a good night. Uh-huh. Thanks. What was your name? Oh, I'm Eulister Burnbook. Oh, I'm Mosi. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Kata finds Dalton immediately and starts a pool of which laborers die first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait, hang on. Can I get in on that? I got like some gold left over. It is a 10 gold buy-in. Oh, yeah. Um, Kafka throws down like... Three uh, throws down thirty gold. He has okay. three bets. We've started to play fantasy laborer, I guess. Okay, then again, there are six human laborers, three women, three men, and then four non-human laborers: a cat folk, a halfling, a tengu, and a dwarf. Great, we're gonna start to lay bets. Well, I would never bet against a halfling. You gotta be like pretty scrappy. If you're that small and live in a world like this, so like he's probably going to be like the last one alive. So, overhearing some of this, first of all, it's awful. <laughs> Second of all, could we possibly vote on the survivors versus the ones? Sure. That, yes. I if mean, you'd we, rather go that way, we can vote that way. You know, I, I don't. Maybe I, yes, right. Maybe we could handicap it or some way. I don't know. Sure, but perhaps, perhaps, Cal, you could just put out an email with the with the um, laborers and their individual odds. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) And then we will place our bets. We will place bets. Yeah. Okay, I'll send you a document with all the individual odds for all the laborers on who will make it through. My bet is with Hectathes. Is that the... I'm sorry, there is one of those? Hectathes? Hectathes. That's his name. Okay. Is that the the cat folk? The cat folk is, I think he's going to survive the longest. The cat folk's name is Sagus. Sagus is going to survive the longest. Hectathes is the dwarf. Well, the cat folk has an unfair advantage because they can die eight times more than the other laborers. Mm. That's true. Not not true, but sounds like it should be. Who knows how many lives he's used up already, though. It's true. It's true. That cat folk, he looks like he's lived up. You know what? Kafka goes over. (laughs) 
to the catfolk laborer. What do you want, bird brain? Ooh, he's got snark. He's been snarky the whole time. <laughs> uh, wow, that's really perceptive. I do have a bird brain. Like, that's amazing. How did you know that? Oh, well, you know, I have two eyes and a nose. Ugh, how can I help you? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like, I like your style, and I think you're mad cool. I am mad cool. That's true. Uh, and I think if you had to be friends with one Tengu on this boat, it should be me and not the other Tengu. Oh, really? Well, Genioka's very nice. He shared his whiskey with me on the boat. Yeah, well, I would let you share your whiskey with me. Hmm, my, what a generous offer. Is there something I can do for you, Mr. Kafka? I mean, uh, are we friends now? Like, No, Mr. Kafka, we are not friends. Oh, what would I have to do to get you to think that I was super cool and put in a good word with me when I try to get an A for this semester abroad? What? I don't understand. You need me to f sign some sort of form? Bear witness to some sort of document? Listen, bro, I have Omiodanese parents, uh, so, when I see somebody withholding approval, the only thing in the world I want is their approval. Uh, so, I, I see you from across this boat, and I think to myself, I would do anything. Oh? Anything? Like, literally anything. Hmm, well, perhaps there is something you could do for me. You see that dwarf over there, Hectathes? He's been sipping on this dark, black, ambrosia-like beer all day, and I've been wanting it taste so badly. I asked him for a bottle, and he said no, and I was like, huh, I don't want to hear that. So if you could just snag old Sagus a bottle, I'll be happy to give you an A. Um... <laughs> Can I do a sense motive check? Sure. Cool. Good, good side quest. Uh, yeah, uh, that is a seven total. Yeah, okay. So obviously this cat is real cool, and if you want to be cool, you have to get him beer. So that's how you can be cool. Good. All of that follows. Uh, so I think I, I go over to Hectathes. Hello. Uh, can I help you, sir? Oh, yeah, uh, hi. I'm Kafka, uh, and before he, I can say anything else, I just, I dunk my head, re like, straight into his, his uh, mug of beer, like a little drinky bird. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? This is my ale. Uh, and I, I pull my my beak back out, um, and it, it has a mouthful of beer in it, and I immediately just turn and go right back over <laughs> to the cat folk. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? And uh, he just starts cursing you as you walk away from him. And I think in a, in um, uh, in Kafka's head, he's noticing a withholding of approval from Hectathes now, and already he's thinking, "Oh no, I need to make Hectathes like me." <laughs> but first, uh, <laughs> so I go back to the catfolk laborer. Oh, that was so fast. Have you returned with the beer? Does he have like? anything that I could spit this into. His mouth. He could cup his hands. Well, well, because I'm just like... Uh, here. And he gets you a big 
fucking leaf to spit into. I, I kind of point to my beak again. Mm-hmm. When he opens his mouth to speak, I regurgitate the beer right into his mouth, <laughs> baby bird style. <laughs> this is what, this is, he's a bird. This yeah, is what yeah. he does. Okay, make a ranged touch attack. Okay, I crit it. Sagus is completely startled and his eyes grow wide and his tail gets very bushy and he just cries out, Watch what you're doing, bird brain. Although that is pretty nice, though. (laughs) It's interesting how they do that. It's bitter, but it's also sweet. I like the cardamom undercurrents. Yes, me too. But don't do that again. I'm sorry. Besides, that's not even how cats drink. We'd prefer to drink things up slowly, take our time. He's got the saucer, and he pours a little bit of wine into it, and he starts lapping it up very slowly. (laughs) While maintaining eye contact. (laughs) Yeah, the whole time. And I think that's the evening. (laughs) (laughs) It's very eventful. Day one of the jungle. We're sleeping now. (laughs) I hope you're keeping track of days and weeks weeks as well for us, too, because weeks matter to me. I have a whole calendar worked out. Fantastic. Ooh-ah. So I did did a... a divination on day one. Okay, that's great. Uh, it is now morning. A small breakfast is served. Camp is struck down, and you shove off on back onto the river. I have two of the small breakfasts. Okay, you take two breakfasts. I have two breakfasts. <laughs> okay, I think Anushka is just picking at her food. Ugh, who even makes banana pancakes like this? And Shaka just pops up. Well, everybody, I hope you loved my banana pancakes. It's an old family recipe. It, the trick is, it's mostly banana. <laughs> <laughs> They're just slices of banana. They're like a little bit fried, maybe. <laughs> They're basically just fried, mushed bananas shaped into pancakes. I brew some, ni- I brew some very good tea. Mm-hmm. I have that for my breakfast. Right. I feed little pieces to my snake friend, Kyle. So again, both ends. Both ends of the Yeah, and Archibald, of course, is just like I'm like pecking at what I've got, and Archibald is just eating the plate. Archibald is so good. Okay, you have a free morning. What would you like to do? I want to go make friends with uh, what was the what was the guy I took the beer from the dwarf? Hectathes. I want to. I want to go make friends with Hectathes. I'm gonna meet up with Chaldea because I feel like she's been a neglected NPC. Uh, I want to research these Giralons. Yeah, see what see what information the the the, the books on the boat have about Giralons. Okay, great. That is a hundred percent something you can do in the small library. So you see that Hectathes is clearly rowing the boat. You just sit down next to him. Yeah, I, I think I just flop like. Right down to some, oh, hey, man, what you doing, rowing? <laughs> I'm going to take a moment to describe Hectathes since we haven't had too much real interaction with him yet. As we said, Hectathes is a dwarf. His skin is literally the color of copper. That It almost has a sheen to it. His hair on his top of his head and his beard are both long and black and silky, and he keeps them very well manicured. And his uh, face and arms are kind of covered in these very intricate and delicate runic tattoos. He is clearly Nilepshin, which is our Egypt analog. Fun. And he's busy rowing. As you sit down next to him, he turns and looks. Oh, it's you again. What do you want? I don't have any more beer for you to weirdly dunk your whole face into. 
Listen, you drink your beer your way, I drink your beer my way. Uh, yes, I noticed that. Do you want something? Are you here to help me row? Uh, I mean, I actually opted out of PE this semester, so, like, I feel like I shouldn't. Like, I would have to run that over with my academic advisor, and he's back at Cheremov, so... I have never been so far north as Cheremov. I grew up on the sand-swept streets of Nilept. I moved down here to find more work when I came of age. What... what work were you doing? I have done all kinds of different work, but mostly I specialize in digging out ruins. They always like a dwarf for that sort of thing. Our people are known for our handling of the ancient ways and ancient traditions. I have always enjoyed that kind of work, learning more about the past, learning more about our ancient histories. Wait, what did they tell you this was going to be? I was hired by your university to help dig out an ancient site. Wait, were we aware that there would actually be digging involved, or were we just... Yes, there is absolutely an excavation element. The laborers were directly hired to help dig out parts of this ruin. I guess I got it in my head that it was more exploration than excavation. No, there's like an actual historical ruin. I'm pretty sure this is news to you. Okay. (laughs) Fair. Totally fair. I was like, wait, am I gonna have to dig? Uh, no. That is why me and these other people were hired for your expedition. Oh. I thought you guys were just, like, in acapella club or something. There's going to be a lovely montage later where there's dirt and we throw it and it looks like gold. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) So that is what has brought me on this expedition. But tell me, Kafka, what has brought you? Do you wish to learn more about the ancient past? More about the people who come before us? Uh, I am hoping to get somebody to sign a piece of paper that says that I did those things. Oh, I suppose that is one way to live your life. Maybe shoot higher next time, Kafka. Shoot for the moon. That way, when you miss, you will be in space and you will die. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Do do people even know about space in this society? Or do we still think that that the planets all revolve around each other, which revolves around... This planet. We're kind of going for a more late renaissance sort of feel to the era, so... Okay, so we are aware of the void between the stars. Yes, yeah. And he's also an Egyptian dwarf. I mean, yeah, if anybody knows... Super, yeah. 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 Wait, hang on, why would dwarves know about the skies when they live underground? Oh, the Nileptian dwarves are huge into space, into the stars and sky. It's how they make all their choices in where they build their buildings and their monuments that last forever line up with star patterns that will happen for eons into the future. Yeah, I was going to say, if it, but if anybody's going to be into the sky, it's going to be them. Yeah, Nyleption. It's more of a cultural thing than a dwarfish thing. They turn into gold and, you know, build flying pyramids. <laughs> okay, so now you've met your new favorite Hectathes. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of just wanted to go around and make friends with every laborer. Okay, Chrissy, you wanted to talk to Cheldy? Cheldy is currently sketching at the back of the boat. She's got a large sketch pad out in front of her, and she's using a charcoal pencil to take in the designs and shapes and forms of the different plants and animals she is seeing from the boat as it lazily goes down the zinji. I say, those are nice sketches. Which, why are you doing it? 
Oh, hi. I'm sorry, I didn't see you for a moment. I was kind of engrossed in this. Thank you, though. I'm not really much of an artist. All of this is much more from a scientific standpoint, of course. Sure, of course. Well, it's just that I've never been here before, and I'm awfully excited about all this. Who knows the next time someone from outside the Dragon's Jungle is going to be allowed this far in. We really should take the opportunity to document and catalog everything that we find and see. Of course. Um, are you are you some sort of naturalist, or...? Oh, no, but thank you, though. I'm not a naturalist. I'm actually a student of anthropology, studying to get my doctorate. Specifically studying beastkin tribes. That's why I was so excited to come here to the Dragon's Jungle. I think so many of us, especially people from more human-dominated societies like Bulgaria and Quincy, we see the Dragon's Jungle as a lawless, hostile place, and I, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it just looks very different than what we're used to. This place has its own rules and laws and settled territories. I hope that by cataloging and showing everyone the true nature and beauty of the Dragon's Jungle that they'll be a little less afraid of it. Hmm. I think it's a really, you know, worldly take. I applaud your interest. Well, thanks. What brings you to the Dragon's Jungle? I'm an adventurer. My dad was an adventurer. It's kind of a family trait. It's just a thing. That's really neat. I never knew my parents. Yeah, uh, it's it's really fun to be on this jungle cruise, you know, exploring and things. So, what, uh, you're, you're Suresh's assistant? Is that how you ended up on this cruise? Yes, that is indeed it. I've been helping Suresh for about two years now. Gotcha. So you're just, you essentially, you follow him everywhere? Or do you have, like, a specialty that you help him with? This should be my last year. I gained my interest in Beastkin from our last expedition. We were in the desert studying ancient Knoll tribes. Oh, Knoll. Yes, the hyena kin. Neat. They are an intimidating group, but after you get past that, they're really fascinating. They have an advanced culture with a very tight hierarchy. Sure, some of them are just chaos-sowing demon worshippers, and that's also kind of interesting. Sure. Uh, how proficient are you with weapons? Oh, um, not very, but I know some spells. Okay, good to know. <laughs> we're gonna put you in the middle. I've dabbled in magic. Noted. All right, and, uh, Alan, you were looking to do some research today, right? Well, yes, yes. As, uh, you know, as I, I look out on this untamed, unexplored, wild frontier that we're, that we're slowly, uh, going deeper into... Uh, I uh, I decide to look back into the books and see if I can discover anything more about these Kirilon. Okay, if you want to do research on the Gurions, it's going to be a Knowledge of Arcana, and you can add a plus two bonus for using the small library. I only got a 13. 13 total? Yeah. Gonna roll again? What? No. <laughs> Not much of a researcher. You uh, got an emerald? I, I rolled a three. I was, I was pretty good research. You are able to find some information on the Gurions. You find them listed under a section of one of the books that is detailing out just dangerous creatures that could be encountered in the Dragon's Jungle. And what you're able to learn about the Gurion, aside that they have four arms and they are typically white-furred, uh, that they are very ferocious and they're quick to anger and they're incredibly strong. You also learn 
that every so often a very small percentage of Gurions are born with a very high intelligence. Do I see any pictures? Yeah. Does it look like what I saw? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Well, then it definitely is. Actually, no, <laughs> I'm a better researcher than that. I know that that's not proven yet, but it's a theory. <laughs> okay. It's now a little afternoon, and everyone's starting to feel a little bit hungry for lunch, and food is getting ready to be served. Everybody, please make a perception check. 27. 13. It all looks like jungle to 16. Me. Yeah. Kafka, you notice something. You notice a large shape under the water next to the boat. <gasps> like, how large, first of all, relative to the boat? It's about the size of the boat, but skinnier than the boat. Okay, that's not an encouraging sign. What else do I notice about it? You only have about a second to react. You see this large figure in the water next to the boat. What do you do? I well, I think I say, uh, guys, is this, sh- is this shadow the size of the boat supposed to be next to the boat? Suresh just looks back at you and says, Kafka, whatever could you mean? As what looks like at first, two huge snake heads pull themselves out of the water. Their fangs are bared as they snarl at everyone on board of the boat. You then realize it is actually the snake, the same snake creature with two heads. Oh, it wants its baby back. You stole its baby. No, it doesn't. It hisses and snaps its jaws at the lot of you. Everyone screams <gasps> with a fury. Its large fangs clamp down hard onto one of the laborer's shoulders. Oh, no. No. It strikes laborer number five. We haven't placed our bets yet. <laughs> Damn it. How are we supposed to profit off of these people suffering in pain? Oh, no. Labor number five is Mosi. No! <laughs> I was gonna bet on her. No! Mosi just snakes hate her. Poor squeaky it's, Mosi! It's like the it's like clickbait. Snakes hate her. Mosi cries out, Oh no! Hey! Hey, let me go! Hey! As the snake rips her from the boat. And that is the end of this chapter of the Mythos Manual. Mosey! No! R.I.P. your Jennifer Aniston impression. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in for this week's chapter of the Mythos Manual. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a review, and we'll be sure to send you good luck on all your future roles.